Thank you for tuning into this episode of Question This Life. You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com as well as all of the main podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe and get involved. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining this episode of Question This Life. If it's your first time listening to the show, welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you go back and listen to a few of the other episodes to get a bit more of a context of what the show is all about. And and if you're a regular listener, thank you for coming back. It's good to have you here. Thanks for tuning in. It's amazing how quickly a week goes past. And if this is not the first time you're listening to the show, you'll know that this show is split into two parts. The first part is catching up with your host, where I talk a little bit about the week gone by and the things that are going on in my life right now, the things that I'm contemplating and so on and so on. And then in the second part, we get into something a little bit more esoteric, a little bit deeper, a little bit more on the symbolism, hidden truth, hidden ancient civilizations, those kinds of topics. I've also touched on a lot of other things recently, including lucid dreaming, dreaming in general, the Wim Hof method and other breathing exercises, and a whole bunch of other topics. So you've got that to look forward to in the second part. And if you go into the show notes, you can see the second part of the show, it's uh, it's written there, the number, so you can skip to it if that's what you want. All that's left to say is I hope you really enjoy the show. So let's start with this week gone by. As anyone who is self-employed and who might be a freelancer or some kind of a um, self-employed or part self-employed person, you'll know that it ebbs and flows. There are obviously good times, uh, more challenging times. And I'd say in the last couple of weeks, it's been a little bit more uh, on the challenging side in terms of nailing down those um, good pay projects that kind of really keep the um, keep everything under control. There's, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been able to create some uh, good consistent income streams that are regularly there and usually there. But obviously, from time to time, you need a slightly bigger um, cash injection just to kind of keep the ball rolling. And whilst a few things have come in and I'm waiting for some other stuff, this is another kind of classic situation that you find yourself in when you go for your own uh, financial independence. Whatever avenue you go down in life, it seems to be that you will be presented with the issues that the types of people and the the other people, your peers, your uh, colleagues, um, anyone who you know, anyone who you don't know that's doing the same path, will be facing a lot of the same problems. Um, There's no such thing as a payroll. There's no such thing as, oh, you know. Um, And again, you might hear my cats playing in the background as usual. Um, So, uh, yeah, when it comes to freelancing, it's very difficult to keep 
everything consistently running perfectly always. It's not, it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to do that in any work scenario, but it's especially difficult when you are in charge of everything. And even if you outsource certain things, like you might have a tax consultant, you might have a, a, a designer or someone who supports you in some kind of a tech that you don't have a grip of, um, or you might be upskilling and doing a lot of the stuff yourself or a combination of the two, which is my scenario. It's probably a combination of the two. Um, it's not always easy to guarantee that things work, that things sell, that things don't break, that things um, keep staying as a sort of consistent feedback generator. Um, some things slow down here, some things speed up there. It's sort of a little bit bit part sometimes. But those are the little ruts that you need to navigate and just kind of get through because there's always better things on the other side. That's my experience. Every time you kind of get stuck in a little bit of a situation where you're like, God, oh, I haven't had a, a big project in for a little while, or, you know, this piece of equipment has broken, or I need to upgrade that, and I'm not sure where that money's going to come from. And, you know, you find these little things, these little moments where you think, ooh, I've got to pay this, this, and this. And I know at the moment that I've only got confirmed this, this, and this. And this is all my usual stuff. This is a few extra things. Maybe someone's being late paying an invoice. You know, there's no payroll. There's no big lawyers or anything like that. Sometimes people are just a bit slow paying you. And you, you can, you know, you have to kind of stand up to that and be very clear with your payment terms. But it does happen. Sometimes it's not even out of, it's not even in a single person's hands or even someone who you can communicate with. It, it's not even in a person you can communicate with's hands. How would you even say that? It's not in the hands of someone you can communicate with. That's what I wanted to say. You might be on some kind of freelancing platform or uh, some kind of an online service where you're selling your time or your skills or you're teaching something or you're learning something, whatever it is that you're doing online. Sometimes the payment terms and the way things work aren't um, very quick. You sometimes have cooling periods of five days, seven days, two weeks before you actually get access to your funds. And your funds are also sometimes, they take a big chunk. A lot of these platforms, of course, have to use the revenue that's earned to make a, a profit and to run their business. That's sort of understandable. That's what they're giving you in exchange for you using their platform rather than you going directly to clients. They make it easier to find clients, they make it easier to find services, and that's that's the benefit of it. I'm someone who's definitely um, benefited from those features and the way that that system works in the sense that you can build up a big portfolio, you can build up a, a pipeline of business, you can really get your word out there and get your name out there um, and your, your skills and your you, you can match up with someone who needs the things that you can offer or you can find people who can do the things that you need done. And that's all great. But there are, of course, some drawbacks and you need to sort of just be aware of it and just kind of put it into your equation. You, you can't be 100% reliant on the stuff that you're working on right now to pay your bills that month. You sort of have to look forward and think, 
okay, the work I'm doing today is going to be the stuff that's going to pay the bills next month, or maybe even the month after that. Once everything clears, once there's all the revisions are done, once this payment term clears, once that account gets verified or this thing or that thing, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're doing or selling or reading or learning online, there's always these kind of little things that, that get in the way or that cause delays or that impact on your, um, um, what you get out of it. So as long as you're aware of that and you're, you're therefore doing more and when, when the going is good, you're putting stuff away, you're investing, you're doing other stuff with your, your money rather than just living um, and just spending, as long as you're on top of things, then you do kind of go over the curve and then you have that opportunity where you get a big project or you land a new client or something that you've been working on for a year suddenly comes together and really materializes some good in return. Um, you know, you, you might you might be quietly learning a new skill and it's not actually earning any money or anything, but it's a, a, a very useful thing that you always wanted to do. And then you learn that skill and then suddenly you can start using it and implementing it and getting a positive return, um, not just in terms of following a passion, but also in a way that it's helping you to live your life and to, um, you know, take care of your domain and exist and become a valuable member of the society within which you live and kind of keep an eye on your own shit and check yourself and to have your work and your life and your passions sort of aligned to some extent and be moving towards the direction that you really want to go to in and not so the the converse of this is yes of course you could de-risk and go for something that's more full-time go for something that's more secure more classic more um widely uh, appreciated historically and even today and you can get the, that regular paycheck and you can feel like you don't need to um, worry but in my personal opinion I've done that I did that journey I tried it I did it for many years and it just wasn't for me I pref the because in that reality tunnel if you go down that path my experience was you come up with a whole bunch of hurdles and problems of course because it's just a uh, another example of turning chaos into order if you want to go into that game and start turning some chaos into order you're going to come up with the problems that are going to prevent you from turning chaos into order that's you know you you'll you might find it hard to get a promotion you might find it hard to negotiate a salary you might find it hard to find a company that you agree with in a in terms of uh, shared values and morals you might find it hard to interrelate with the people with whom you have to work with in a team or in the business as a whole or just one single manager or one single uh, colleague you there's so many things that can can seem hard and seem challenging and seem difficult in that path so you'd better be ready to do all of those things and if you are and if you're that kind of person and that's what you like then more power to you there are there, there are lots of people who are like that I just identified that myself that I'm not that kind of person and that's fine because that's just the truth that's just the way it, it panned out so 
I'm willing to live with the negative sides of the life that I have chosen because that means that I get to have the positive sides and I've seen the negative sides of another path and I didn't like them so I moved away from it that's essentially you know I didn't like those those negatives for my life I'm quite happy to go through these uh, negatives in my current life and that kind of transitions nicely into something which I got into about, I would say, one or two years ago, which is called Randonauts. Now, Randonauts is something like a really growing community online. It's a really warm, kind-hearted community online. It's run by a guy called Nick Hinton, who is the one of a, a part of a team that have created this quantum reality jumping generator machine. I guess I'm, I'm, but what this thing does is it gives you a quantumly a quantum generated location to visit within your immediate living situation, and the purpose of this is that you are. Uh, sent somewhere that you would not go to normally, that's slightly outside of your normal waking life, where you would go to work, where you would go to school, where you would go and meet a friend, go to your partner, whatever. It's quantum, It's it has created a quantum random place for you to visit. So I've done this once and I had a crazy, crazy experience on it. And uh, we'll, I'll get into that a little bit more in the second part of this show. And also, it will this kind of conversation and the way that this uh, episode has started leads nicely into another thing which I heard about that I implemented in my own life, and that is the idea of dimension jumping. Now, dimension jumping is sort of uh, linked to this quantum leap, this this idea of all of chaos and all of order and potential and what how that relates to our waking experience on this earth and essentially you can through a very simple ritualistic expression of consciousness it's it's possible to create a new reality tunnel within your waking life and before you know it, be living in a very, very different situation. So I'll get into that a little bit deeper. And I just want to say before I do that, that I'm going to put some links in the description below of the relevant uh, places where I learned a lot of this information. And that way you can go and click on the links and try the quantum leap generator for yourself. Try the two cup dimension jumping technique yourself and if it works for you great if it doesn't great and if you don't want to click on it and you just want to listen to what I have to say also cool if you don't want to listen to what I say and you don't want to go and click no problem whatever you want I'm just giving you the information so it's there so that you can make your own mind up and I'm just showing you why I feel the way I feel about these uh, these terms and these practices so if you're into that stay tuned because we're about to start the second part, so you can hear a little bit of music now, and I'll be back with you for the second part of the show. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to the second part. As I alluded to in the first part, this second part of the show today is going to be discussing these two related topics that are dimension jumping and the randonauts movement online. So these two things mean a lot to me personally because of personal experiences that I've had since hearing about them and implementing them and trying them in my life. They've changed my life for the better. They've uh, opened my eyes to a whole different aspect of reality. And I really think that if, if we were all encouraged to do this kind of exercise and do this kind of work, then you might be surprised how many people would get a benefit from this, like a really positive benefit that will influence them, that will influence the people around them. And I would definitely, definitely just urge you to have a look at the links in the description and try these things for yourself. I'm just going to explain through my personal experience and how they, uh, how it happened for me, how the whole, um, the whole experience panned out for me and what it means to me and how it, how it worked, how it didn't work. And all, all you can obviously do with that is to uh, listen to it and then take it for at, at, at face value and then make your own decision based on your own research. That's what I would always encourage you to do. So I'll start with the Randonauts theory. So the Randonauts community is this really awesome community uh, online led by a young chap called Nick Hinton. He's been on a whole bunch of podcasts, um, including Tinfoil Hat and a few other ones that I've really, really enjoyed listening to. And I would definitely, definitely recommend that you search his name, find the Randonauts website. All of the links will be in the description of this podcast episode. It's a completely free plug just because I've really, really found a lot of benefit from uh, the tool. And I urge you to go and try it. So essentially what this is, in, in my understanding, is that the Randonauts um, movement is essentially trying to tell the world the message that what we live in is a simulation. This is essentially the Matrix. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a meaning-based reality within which we are avatars. The existence we live in is a game. We live in a simulation. We live in a... Uh, a place where there are rules and a lot of these rules have to do with potential and chaos and order and how things pan out within our experiences as individuals here on this earth and that you can demonstrate this by using quantum randomness in your waking life and you will see that things do not always adhere to complete randomness and complete um, uncertainty. Because of the nature of the game, because you are an individual playing the game, like let's say Neo in the Matrix, let's use the Matrix example because it's a really, really perfect example from uh, fiction that really actually encapsulates this theory and this way of thinking of how our world is built and the, the structure of our existence, what it's founded upon. Um, so when you are in the matrix, you're constantly given these little breadcrumbs throughout your life, these synchronicities, these things that I've spoken about multiple times on this podcast. I see them all the time in my life. I know lots of people who see them all the time in their life, people who believe in uh, 
spirituality, religion, people who don't, people who are atheists, people who are agnostic, everyone kind of agrees that there are to some extent synchronicities in the life. Now, a lot of people might think that they are complete coincidence and that's cool too. That's okay to think, you know, I'm not here to tell anyone that you are wrong if you think that. But what this Randonauts um, random location generator thing demonstrated to me in the one time I've used it, perhaps I need to use it more, perhaps if you use it, it might work, it might not work. But what it demonstrated to me was there are certain things that come into your reality tunnel as you're walking through your waking life that show you that you're either on the right path or you're on the wrong path or there's something that is just presented at you in a, in a way that you can either take something from it or not. And ultimately the choice is yours. Once you get one of these breadcrumbs, you still get to choose whether or not you integrate it into your existence or if you uh, think that's, that doesn't apply to me and kind of like just press on. But it doesn't stop the fact that that breadcrumb was presented to you. So this situation happened where I used the Randonauts generator to get a location that is within a couple of miles of my normal surroundings. And it's using a quantum computer to generate that location. Why is that important? It's important because there is no way for you to have any knowledge or foreshadowing of where that location will be. You have no idea where it's going to be. You have no way of influencing where it's going to be. And it has no way of knowing who you are or knowing anything about your existence in order to influence where it might send you. It's just completely random at the quantum level of random. So when you do this, very often, this is part of the uh, Randonauts community online. There's a lot of people who do this exercise and then go and find that spot that on the map. They go there physically and they see things that don't make sense unless you're looking at life through a symbolic, uh, ritualistic, archetypal story which is essentially the idea of the matrix and this idea that, that we live in a simulation, that this is a game, that there are rules and so on. So in my personal situation, my experience with the Randonauts was as follows. I took this uh, point and I went to it. It was, I would say, uh, it was just turning dark. I'd say it was about like 7.30, 8pm or something like that. And I just popped out of the house and started walking down the street, started following this map point. I didn't know what I expected. I actually didn't expect very much. I just kind of thought, I'll go with the flow and see how this pans out. I had no um, prior intention for this to go really well or really badly. I really was open to just seeing what would happen. So I was walking down and as the night got darker, I was about five, ten minutes away from the location and it got really dark and I just, when it got dark, I hit this uh, big green area that was on the map. So I had to walk across this field. There was a path to get there, but the path was very uh, low light. It was very poorly lit. So it was really pretty much like pitch black as I was walking. I could look up into the sky and see the moon and the stars and the, 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 the night lights. And there was a couple of street lights and so on kind of in the distance, but really it was pretty dark. So. I'm going down this path, 
I'm winding down this uh, 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 way through this field, this park. And as I get to the end of it, I can just see the, the main road that's kind of connecting the other side of the park. And I'm, I'm, I'm going in that direction in order to get to the point, which is, you know, a couple of hundred yards away from there. And as I get to that point, I see a different path just a little bit to the left that f- from where I'm standing that leads up to some lights. And I immediately, my eye just goes to the lights so I'm looking on the map on the phone and I'm looking at the point where it is in, in, the, in, the, in front of me. And I look down, I look up and my eye just gets dragged to, this, to the left slightly, to this slightly different path. And there I see these two things that are lit up. So what this is, is a, is a path from where I am, from the path that I'm on. There's a different path leading up to a, uh, a, a big house, like a big old house. I think it's actually... Uh, a restaurant or a uh, some form of a, a club or something and there are these two pillars that are lit up at the front in the driveway to this location to this uh, building and those two pillars that are either side of this drive are lit up in the dark pitch black night so they they are completely visible they're the only thing I can see now these two pillars and as my focus starts to focus in, as my eye starts to focus in on the two pillars, I realize what they are. And they are two megalithic structures from specifically Mexico, which is somewhere that I was studying the night before. And it's a very, very specific uh, statue that is on a uh, very, very famous Mexican megalithic site uh, that many argue is reflect, a reflection of the site in Tiwanaku, in Bolivia, and Pumapunku. It's these f- figures that are metaphorical and symbolical and perhaps historical that have a lot of meaning to me. And I've been really deeply, as you can hear from other episodes of this show, where I've gone into a lot of detail about the stonework and how incredible it is and how we know basically nothing about these megalithic structures. We don't understand their culture. We don't understand how they built these things. All of that was, was, is, is and was at that time very, very important to me. And it's something that I'm studying all the time. So as I'm just about to approach this quantum location, this one thing just takes my sight more than anything because of it's the only thing that's lit. Everything else is pitch black. And it's these two pillars. And I'm completely on the other side of the world to those two pillars. And those two pillars are there all the time. That is just the thing that's leading up to this building. But I've never seen it before. I've never been there. I didn't know they existed. And the only reason that I was there was because I had done this quantum generator thing and got sent there by chance on this um, on this little randonauts journey. So I, I had that moment where I had like a shiver down my spine and I just thought, okay, yeah, that's that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> that's pretty damn specific to me. That kind of does show, at least in this one occasion that I did this, the first time I was presented with something that was really deeply symbolically related to my life experience and the tunnel that I'm living right now. So it taught it told me it it felt to me like it's it's a correct thing for you to be doing to be studying these subjects it's you know keep keep going further keep learning more keep questioning things probably the a precursor now that i think about it and it was 
one of the things that pushed me towards actually creating this podcast. That's right. This was way before uh, I started creating this podcast. And that event was something of a precursor for this. I wrote down a lot that night about how it made me feel and all this kind of stuff. And it's one of the the, um, the key cornerstones of the first um, episodes of the podcast and the stuff that I wrote down as potential topics was this ev- event that happened to me um, with this Randonauts situation. So I would... Uh, <sighs> I don't know what it means to you as the listener. All it all it could possibly mean is that you're you're listening to someone who believes that they are telling the truth, that this is something that I experienced. But I urge you, like I said, to go on the description below and check out the link. Do a quantum uh do a randonaut jump yourself. Go and go and see what you are faced with. And if you're not faced with anything, then you know, so what? You just had a little walk. That's cool. But um, you never know. And, and in, the, in the forum and the thread about this situation for other people, there's a lot of people posting things that they're seeing a lot of the same sort of symbology. They're seeing a lot of like graffiti and marks and other things that, that would suggest to them that there's maybe a, a connected um, idea behind this whole thing. Anyway, you, you need to go and make your own mind up about it. But that's my 10 cents on it and how my first and only experience with that quantum location generator randonauts journey went so i hope that was uh, enjoyable and i hope you guys um you know might might find some value in that story for either either way no matter how you listen to it so the other thing i wanted to talk about in this second half of the show as i pointed to in part one and the start of part two is the two cup method the two cup method, which is a another thing, another practice that plays on the idea that we are in a simulation, we are in a game, we are in a matrix, we are in something that can be glitched. And the way that this works is it also plays on the ritualistic side of our brains. Now, it's no wonder that every single religious practice in the world and most spiritual traditions have related to them very ritualistic aspects. There's always the idea of prayer, there's always the idea of physical movement, and it's clear that there's a huge link there between the human experience and ritual, and how we ritualize things, and we make them, We it's, it's almost in our nature to ritualize things. So when you have something like a religious experience. You might not even be someone who believes in that religion, but you can definitely be impacted by, let's say, a hundred people in a room singing an amazing song or humming or making some kind of a, a, a sound or a movement with their body that in in a in a way that that hits you differently than it's just if it's just you know a single situation. What I'm trying to say is, even for example, in Catholicism, you um, eat the, the, the body of Christ, you drink the blood of Christ, you, there's the, the priest has uh, frank, you know, this frankincense and myrrh and stuff, and they're, it's, they're, they're burning incense, and then there's a, a bell that rings at this time, and a gong, and in other religions, you know, in the, 
um, Eastern spiritual traditions, there's a lot of um, om and humming and again gongs and bells and incense. There's uh, a lot of, you know, card-based spiritual traditions and there's a lot of mention in every single ancient text about uh, certain elements, certain chemicals, certain sounds, certain vibrations, certain moves, all, all this stuff is very, very ritualistic. And there is a way to trick your existence, your brain, your consciousness, whatever, whatever you want to call this life that you have, into jumping into a different reality tunnel. So this might sound kind of like woo-woo, like time travel or something, but I've mentioned this on a previous podcast as well. In a way, this is time travel. This is what the ancient Egyptians seem to have called time travel. It doesn't mean jumping in a rocket and then shooting across space physically by burning petrol and traveling that distance. It just means living your life in a different reality tunnel and just hopping and going into a different reality tunnel if we believe that the universe is, and our existence is infinitely big, it's it's every single outcome that has ever happened and will ever happen has happened an infinite number of times and will continue to happen an infinite number of times, then you can be sure that every experience has happened to some level. So you can just essentially choose the, the current from the point within which you're alive now, you can choose the reality tunnel within which you go into. Obviously, there are constraints on that. It's not, it's not just saying that you can suddenly become, you know, you can just change everything in one go. But what you can do is coax yourself into better forms of living and being. I'll give an example. So this two cup method the way it works is it the way that I did it is that you write five things about your reality to date, the life that you're currently living in the recent past, that you are leaving behind. This can be toxic relationships, this can be um, negative ways of thinking, this can be uh, dangerous ways or not useful ways of dealing with your traumas or bad events that happened in your past or bad situations to do with your current financial situation or your uh, family situation or a partnership that's not working, whatever, whatever it might be. Any kind of situation that you feel that there is a better way to do it that you want to disconnect from this current way of thinking, this current way of living, then you write those five things on a piece of paper. So in my situation, I wrote that, I, I won't say, you know, obviously deep, deep in detail exactly what I wrote, but I w it was a pretty turbulent time for me um, in terms of living situation, in terms of in, you know, personal infrastructure. I just moved to a new country. I didn't really know the language. I had a very uh, sort of basic setup and there was a lot of holes in it and a kind of like 
Um, long story short, a, a lot of bureaucracy still had to happen in order for me to be uh, completely safe and secure and feel like I can kind of get my footing and, and move forward. I was just kind of going with it, rolling with the punches at the time. And this was causing a lot of stress and I definitely knew that I wanted to um, spread some roots and kind of make things a little bit more official and that that would take a lot of effort and a lot of time and it came at a very, very turbulent time for the country within which I moved to and all this other stuff. So essentially I wrote five things about my um, existence. A lot of them were related to that. Um, some of them were, relate were related to uh, negative self-beliefs that I still held at that time and that had been holding me back from you know reaching new heights and trying new things that I now do proudly and happily and I get so much benefit from and I've met so many um, cool interesting people while doing these things that I actually want to be doing and I kind of gave up on the old version of myself that was scared of those things. I just essentially wrote down what I thought would be useful things to get rid of, these bad energies, these bad vibes that I still had deep down inside me, as well as this sort of more practical, um, you know, infrastructure-based um, uh, desire and need that I really wanted to uh, materialize in the world. So you write down the five things that you um, are letting go of, and you put them in front of a cup that's full of water. So you have it on your left of the, the list and then the cup full of water. On the right hand side, you have another list. And on this list, you create the five reality tunnels that are not related in any way to the tunnel that you're leaving behind, that are the better version of what you would prefer to be in. So. I'll explain that a little bit. For example, if you have on the left-hand side as one of your points that you're leaving behind a toxic relationship with someone who uh, you need to remove from your life, then when you go to the right-hand side, you would not mention that person's name. You would not say the reality will be a life without this person because you're you're still tying your future potential reality to the issue that you're trying to leave behind. What you would write in that hypothetical scenario is a future with a strong, coherent partnership. And then that way you're leaving it open to being someone else or just to be in a situation where you are in a coherent, strong partnership. So... Again, if you have a terrible job that you hate and you don't want to do it anymore and you just don't know how to find the way out, you wouldn't write that on the on the right-hand side. You wouldn't write a life where I don't do that job anymore because that's still tying your future life to this previous thing that you're leaving behind. What you would write is, um, I will secure a uh, income stream that will take care of my bills uh, through hard work that I enjoy doing. For example, that could be a really, really nice thing to aim at, this new reality tunnel, where you're, you're basically openly saying, it's going to be hard, I'm going to have to work, I'm going to have to put the time in, but I'm going to pay my bills with it, and it's going to provide me a lot of value. And there you go, that's the kind of like, the, the, the thing that you're leaving behind and the thing that you're going towards, and they're not related in terms of a timeline. They're, they don't exist in the same timeline. So on the right-hand side, the list that's there is in front of an empty cup. 
So you've got on the left hand side a full cup of water with the five things that you're leaving behind. And on the right hand side, you've got an empty cup of water with the five things that you're going to move into. You take a moment and you just read the whole list on the left. You absorb it. You make you understand how it makes you feel. You understand the same things that you've been those loops that you've been into, those bad relationships, the th- whatever it is, the the you know, the bad working situation, the bad living situation, the bad anything that you're you're whatever your values are, wherever you are in the world, whatever it is that you need to leave behind, you write it down on that left side and you absorb it. And then what you do is you do the same thing for the right-hand side and you see the new light. You understand that that is the reality tunnel that you're going towards. You really, really put your focus on those five things. You know, in, in in the hypothetical scenario, I said it was um, going towards this new income stream. You just crystallize that in your mind. You think, what would that person do? How would how would that person get up in the morning? What would they get up to if if that was the one thing that they were focusing on that day? What would they do? What are the three things that they would do every day to go towards that goal? How would that person live? And you really start to crystallize that in your mind. And as you're doing that, you go one by one and you pour the water from the left side to the right side. And you really visually absorb that. It might sound silly. This might sound woo-woo. But it's a ritualistic thing. And our brains work that way. You're basically just hacking into something that's way, way deeper and way, way more complicated and uh, esoteric and beyond our comprehension than we have any idea about at the moment on a large scale. I'm not saying I have the answers. I don't really even know how this works, but it does. It actually works. And then, of course, from that point on, once you've transferred all the water onto the other side, you can't just expect those things to appear. This is not the secret. This is not that book that got so famous, um, which essentially said, if you just believe it, it will happen. Like, that's only a part of it. You, you have to have the belief, you have to have the, the visualization of it in your mind. The more clear it is, the better. But you've got to implement it. You've got to put the effort in. You've got to do something. You've got to write down the things that the person who would be achieving those things or um, living in the life where those things happen, what would they be doing? They probably wouldn't just be there wishing for it to happen. They'd be actively doing stuff in reality to make those things happen. So you have to absorb all of that and really make it part of your character and make it part of your your personality and your reality tunnel. And then if you do that and you don't ever deviate and if you ever need to, you can always look at the two papers down, you know, a month or two, whatever. You just have a, a think and kind of like hammer that home. Like, I am the person that's doing this. I am the person that's that's pushing that that, that thing or going forward in that direction. And then actually do it, implement it, speak it, talk it, act it out in the world, act out that visualization that you made for yourself. And you'll be surprised, this happened to me, I was about, I don't know, six months or a year in after doing that. And I had this moment where I sat down and I just sort of looked around and I reflected for a minute and I realized four out of the five things that I wrote on that piece of paper have come true, have materialized. This is my reality now. 
I do have those things. And there are things that happened in that 12 months that at the time seemed crazy or seemed wild or seemed, uh, you know, un, un, unattainable or something that I couldn't overcome. And for whatever reason, I just kind of per persevered, kept going, and then went past that hump and got towards the thing that I was actually aiming towards because of largely what you want, what you think, what you say. But I'm sure it had something to do with this ritualistic experience that is just something that hammers home and it, it hits you at the at the deepest possible level. You're you're go you're you're basically bargaining with your own future with yourself. I don't even know how how else to describe it. It's a crazy phenomenon. It's it's like something that we don't understand and you can just do it and it just works. We can all speculate about how it works. This is another kind of common thing with this world of alternative theories and alternative thinking. It's very easy to become a speculator and to be someone who says, I know that this happens for this reason, or I know this is how they did that, or I know this is what that means. But what you can do is just take the results at face value, implement them in your life, and then reap the benefits and help the people around you. That's, that's also possible. We, we can all speculate. I love speculating. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's one of the, 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 the best parts of life is to speculate and to think and to think deeply. But it's also possible just to call things for how they are. And when something works, you just go with it and le lean into it. And uh, if it feels right, just basically go towards it. So with that, we're coming to the end of this episode. And it's been a really, really enjoyable one for me. I feel like I've got a lot out from um, personal experience and it's kind of helped me to hammer home those two experiences that I did have relating to this kind of quantum randomness, the randomnaut uh, journey, and the uh, dimension hopping that I just described deeply for you guys. So I'm definitely going to be covering these topics more in future shows, getting into more details about the personal experiences that I've had with them, and also uh, perhaps doing new exercises definitely sharing this experience with the people around me, um, some of whom have already been on the podcast, and of course, other people who haven't, and people from outside my existing network that I would love to meet and talk to and uh, exchange ideas with. So there's going to be a lot to be excited about and a lot to listen to in the coming weeks, months, years on this podcast. So stay tuned, keep part of the the vibe it's really really great to have you here if you're a recurring listener it means a lot to me don't forget to like and share and all of that fun stuff and uh it's been a pleasure so look forward to speaking to you next week so get involved catch you soon thank you for tuning into this episode of question this life You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com, as well as all of the main podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and get involved. <laughs>